Welcome to the Blind Justice Podcast, where you discover the insider secrets of injury and accident cases, and all of your law questions get answered. Now, here's your host, Chicago injury lawyer, Scott DeSalvo. Hey guys, welcome back. We're doing another podcast with my new co-host, Amelia Finifrock. Yes, hey, hello, hello. I got it right. Imagine that. Two gold stars for you. Woohoo. So the topic of today's podcast are fall down cases. And the reason I chose the topic is because I do get a lot of phone calls for people who fall. And more specifically, what motivated me to do this one is I, I'm working on a lot of fall downstairs cases. So I figured we could talk about why injury and ca- why injury cases involving a fall downstairs are so, so, so tough to prove what to look for in one of those cases, and how to protect your right to recover if you fell and got hurt. So So, hopefully that makes sense and it'll answer some questions folks have out there. So why should we care? Why should I care? Yeah, I mean, that's legit, right? Because especially when you're young, I mean, I will tell you, until I became an injury lawyer, I thought when people fell down, it was just funny. Like it's absolutely typical male thing. It's like you're walking and one of your buddies falls down the stairs or yeah, it's like, Hey, nice job. (laughs) They're just like shaking on the floor, convulsing. Well, maybe maybe I might call the ambulance, but (laughs) no, but it's like, honestly, like I wish I had a poster board where I could like rate their fall, like 10, like it's the Olympics or something. That should be an app. Like when you're walking downtown Chicago and someone falls, you're like seven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is horrible. you know, yeah, secretly so we're all terrible, slightly horrible yeah. human beings. But you know, you get into this business and you realize that falls are pretty serious. So I look, I actually did some research for the podcast, and here are some stats for you. I want to hear those stats. Here we go. You ready? So yeah, so ready. Yeah. So according to the CDC, um, one fourth of Americans age sixty five or older falls each year. So, so only a fourth of a person. Falls. Hmm, yes, the butt area is the one that takes. No, one in four people, right? So one in four people fall once a year when they hit sixty-five or older, and eleven every eleven seconds, an older adult is treated in the emergency room for a fall. I mean, I almost fell out of my chair when I read that stat. Oh my god! Every eleven seconds, somebody's wow. in an emergency room. For a fall? Every 11 seconds, I fall back asleep. Like, I don't, that's like, that's a, I don't want to get old. Is your alarm clock, like, it's, the snooze is 11 seconds? You know what, my mom has narcolepsy, so I hope that I'm not getting it. That's a whole different issue entirely. This poor podcast was all of my ailments. That would really be bad for your (laughs) singing career. You would be like, (laughs) yeah, right? They'd be like, what's wrong? We heard her on this podcast, and we thought it'd be a good idea to bring her in, but she's falling asleep. (laughs) Is the snoring in the chorus? I'm like, I'm looking at the lyrics here. Is is this the choice? And then I follow, I fall, and then I have to come back to you. And I'm like, can you be my lawyer? Because... No, I mean, we joke, but the the flip side of that 11... (laughs) Look, you know, there's two ways you can deal with this stuff. You can walk around morose all the time, or you can be lighthearted about even serious stuff. And I've always tended to say, you got to laugh about it a little bit. It doesn't mean that we're terrible people. We're terrible people. Maybe you. I'm not. hmm. Opinions (laughs) vary, but I like to think I'm a nice person. But here's another stat that really shocked me. Every 19 minutes in America, an older adult dies as a result of a fall. 
Yikes. So, I mean, it, this is a huge problem that unless you're in some industry or you run a store or you run a chain of stores or you are in the insurance business or the injury business, you don't even realize it, right? Right. And it's expensive. Like the the amount of harm and damage is done in falls is immense. So the the latest stats I could find was in 2013, the total cost of fall injuries was $34 billion. So $34 billion in lost wages in medical bills. So who pays for that? Well, it, it depends, right? So if you don't have a case or if you have a case and it gets screwed up. Wow. Um, you eat the loss, right? So if right. you can't sue anyone, that 30, you know, whatever your share, like let's say somebody takes a fall and it really is just not a case that has merit. Like there's right. nobody to sue. It's just one of those things, right? Yeah. And you can't work for a year and you've got $100,000 in medical bills. Tough. Right? Right. Like you eat the loss. So you're going to teach us in this podcast how to look for ways to suit people. Is that what I'm, am I hearing correctly? Well, you know, like my, most lawyers, I'm just like, sue everybody. <laughs> it's good for business. Sue them. Just sue them. No. I mean, I'm, I'm exactly the opposite. I turn sue down me. plenty of cases, but I like to explain to people why the case isn't a case. Right? Right. So for example, I've been getting a lot of calls, believe it or not, of people who've been shot. Oh, oh, I mean, God. we're in Chicago. So literally, oh, yeah, they're like sense. walking down the street in their neighborhood, and there's like a drive-by shooting. Oh, yes. And they get shot. I was working at Riot Fest this past summer, and there was totally a guy who walked past me with a bullet wound. He's like, hey, I'm I'm shot. And there's that hospital right by a, wherever the, I forget where it was. Like county hospital or? Uh, it was this year. Where was Riot Fest this year? It was off the pink line somewhere. But yeah, there was a hospital like right across from the park. And yeah. I watched this dude totally, totally shot, like just bleeding right behind him. And it was like the first time I was like, wow, this is a problem. Yeah. And I'll get people will call me and say, I got shot. And can I sue somebody? And I have to tell them, I'm like, look, do you know who shot you? If we don't know who shot you, how can we, like, who oh, are we wow. going to so sue? They, so they can't, you can't do anything about that. No, that there's sucks. actually – no, that's not true. There's actually a law called the – I believe it's called the Illinois Crime Victims, Victims Act. Okay. And so if you are a victim of a violent crime and you have medical bills, you can apply to this program in the state of Illinois to have them compensate you for your medical bills, right? Oh, that's nice. So, I mean, it's not – I'm one of these guys who I'll talk to anybody and sure. answer their questions, even if I know right away. You're a good guy. Yeah. They're not, right. it's not going to result in a case for my firm. I'm happy to, you know, I take the information end of this and the helping people aspect of it super seriously. Right. They got shots, like the least you could do. Right. You know? I mean, they're having a bad day. <laughs> Let's not compound it by being a typical <laughs> crummy lawyer, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess my point is the reason we should care is that not only are falls super common, but the falls that people take can result in serious stuff. Like I've had a lot of middle-aged people or even younger people fall. A uh, common injury in a fall on stairs is a is a trimalleolar fracture of the ankle, which is a very serious ankle fracture. I'll say that five times fast. Hmm. Can I say it 
no more times. Sure, you can. Because I, it's your one time pass. I, I may bring it so up later well. in the podcast. That was really good. I, I That's like a warm up so word. Well. Tremola, tremola, <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I said it so well. I don't want to repeat it. Sure, um, I'm okay. horrible at medical terminology. But basically, what it means, it's basically a fracture of of both bones in the lower. It's actually like three fractures in the ankle, Jeez. and it's. Um, you said it's common. When people yeah, like when somebody stumbles on a staircase and comes down with their foot twisted and puts all of their weight oh. on a twisted ankle, Ow. it you can really screw yourself oh up, and God. it almost always has to be surgically repaired with a plate and screws, and then your outcomes are different. Like people can have arthritis, and that's actually one of the smallest, like the one of the least serious, right? Sure. People can just, everybody gets arthritis eventually, right? Yeah. I mean you can you can take a tumble downstairs and get lucky and have no injury. But for example, a trimalleolar fracture is common. Yeah. But head injuries, like when I was looking at the stats, it surprised me. Uh traumatic brain injuries are a very, very common injury from falls. They're it's one of the most common. And here's the deal. Like wow. When we fall in love, we talk about our heart. Right. Or when we have sympathy pe- for people, we talk about our heart. Sure. But science tells us, like, everything you are as a person is between your ears. It's mm-hmm. in your brain. Yep. And especially as you get older, it's easier to get a brain injury. And, man, a brain injury can be profound. It can change your personality. Right. There are, um, for example, uh, you've heard of this comedian Sam Kinison, right? Mm, yes. No, I have not. No. Okay. So Sam. I was going to shake my head. Like, yes, but you guys couldn't see it. So <laughs> mouth the words. No. So Sam Kinison is like uh, a little bit before your time. I know that we're like only a year apart. Yeah, totally. I'm super <clears throat> well read and super young, worldly. super jack of all trades. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's the only nice lawyer out there. Uh, for sure, hundred percent. He slipped me that twenty dollar bill. Thank you. <laughs> um, no. So Sam Kinison is like this was this like wild, outrageous comedian. Mm -hmm. But it turns out he wasn't always that way. When he was a young man, he got hit by a car. (gasps) What? And suffered a serious brain injury. And his personality, he went from mild-mannered, shy, and quiet, and very risk-averse to completely different. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I guess that's really common. Like somebody really gets their bell rung in a serious head injury. It can change their personality. And then there's other stuff that we learn about through like NFL concussion protocols. Oh, right. Depression is super common after serious head injury. Of course. And all these other like aberrant behavior, like a serious head injury can kill you outright. A blow to the head can just kill you outright. But in some ways, it's more insidious when you take a blow to the head and then it has this effect on your personality and all of a sudden your relationships change, right? So let's say you're in love with your partner and you're a certain person and just like that, because of the fault of someone else, you become a completely different person. Are we talking about Fifty First Dates? The plot line of that. Doesn't I've she never get hit? Seen it, Drew Barrymore. Maybe I should. With, what's his name? The one who's in everything. Oh, yeah, Red Sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Sweater. Um, right, right. Adam right. Sandler. Opera Man. And, yeah, that's it. It's a movie about she gets. Oh, it's been a while. She yeah, gets hit on the joke. head because yeah. they were like about to get married. I think. 
Wow. Oh, right. And then she has no memory. And yeah. Then every and then he, time they go out, it's like a first date. Yeah. And he has to like, like make her fall in love with him again. Yeah. And I'm saying, yeah. way to trivialize mm-hmm. traumatic brain injuries, bro. Anyway, the point is super friggin' serious, right? That's so terrible. we, you know, we, we, ta- we don't take falls very seriously, but then when you realize how often they happen and how serious the consequences are, suddenly this topic starts to make sense, right? And it's, you know, the other thing is like, until it happens to you, like- and Or someone in, you know. Right. right like an individual human being can't just walk around with the weight of the world on their shoulders, right. reading statistics about all the ways you can get sick and injured and die, right? Yeah. Because it would drive you crazy and you wouldn't be able to be productive and you wouldn't be able to enjoy your life, right? But right. when it happens to you or someone you love- you realize how messed up it can be. So I get a lot of calls on on people who fall, and I've become very good at it. They're um, they're actually kind of hard cases to prove. That's so interesting. So like, so how do you prove them? Like if someone if someone fell on my stairs, like do I have to pay for all their medical bills? Or it's how- funny you say that because I kid you not, almost everybody who calls me says. Well, I fell on their property, so they're responsible, right? Right. That's what I, I would think so. Right? Not true at all. And, you know, oh, I meant no, to actually. That sucks. Yeah, it's it's actually really hard to prove. Now, this is not in every fall down case, right? But I'm going to read to you really quickly um, from the Illinois Pattern Jury Instructions. Ooh. And so when you take a case to court, the Illinois Pattern Jury Instructions are the instructions that the judge now he doesn't read all of the instructions. Just That's the ones, a pretty thick book. Yeah, just the ones that <laughs> pertain to your particular case. Because the, remember, in a in a jury trial, the jury decides the case, but the judge is responsible for making sure the jury understands what law to apply to the case. Right. right. Yes. And so the jury instructions are written instructions um, that summarize the law. So a lot of times, what I'll do early on in a case is I'll look at the jury instructions. And, you know, I do want to warn you, there are other ways to plead um, fall-down cases. So there are other things I do depending on what the facts of the case are. Um, but What do you mean by that? Well, so depending on how you fell, whether it's at a private home or at a commercial business, mm. or whether it's because of snow or ice in a parking lot, like the details of the fall down case, there are certain types of cases I can position in a certain way to make it easier to prove. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Right. And the funny thing is, um, you know, before I started my own firm for about 10 years or something, I worked at other law firms. It amazes me the number of established law firms who don't even do that analysis on their cases. Really? They just figure your know, premises liability case is what lawyers call fall down cases, right? It's a okay. fancy name for fall down case. Most lawyers that I have dealt with do not even know that, um, you know, that you can position these cases in a different way and make them easier to um, easier to prove or harder to prove. Well, it's good to know because it's kind of scary from my end. You know, it's like if, if anything were to happen and if I go to the wrong lawyer and I'm, I'm entrusting them with my money and my time and my, you know, my story, 
That's right. kind of terrifying to think that they don't even know that that exists. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is not an easy job. Like the, the, yeah, the, am- <laughs> the amount of uh, information and things that you have to do just to comply with the ethical obligations and your legal obligations as an attorney are hard. So I don't mean to denigrate other lawyers. You can't be an expert in every everything. sub area, right. right? But I've been doing this for like 19 years now. And I'm so one of- pretty good. Not just that, I'm a figurer outer, right? I'm a tinkerer and I like to know how things work. Right. I mean, I think we talked about that a little bit on the last podcast. Where, Jack of all trades. Yeah, like I'm interested in how do you set up an audio board and right. how do you do video editing? Well, that sort of like restless mind thing I also have applied to law. And it turns out that I've done a lot of fall down cases and I've got them pretty well figured out at this point. So anyway, you know, I'm not going to read you from the, the, I was going to read it from the book to you, you. but it's the way it's phrased in the book is so awkward that I don't want to do it. So basically what you have to prove in a premises liability case, unless it's one of those circumstances, you can simplify it. Right. You have to prove that there was an unreasonably dangerous condition that existed on the property. And that's the first hurdle. You know, if you go to trial on a case and uh, the reason you fall down a staircase is because the stair is loose, but the photographs of the stairs don't really show that the stair is loose, you could lose at trial because you testify that the stair is loose and your roommate testifies that the stair is loose. But the jury doesn't quite believe it because the photos don't show a loose stair. Mm, so literally, you have to you have to be able to prove that the, it was an unreasonably dangerous condition. Another thing you have to prove is that the landlord knew about the condition, or that the condition was like that for long enough that the landlord anything. should have known about it. Uh, and I'm going to mm. tell you, like in almost all these cases, the landlords are like, "Hey, I'm there every day." I vacuum the stairs every day. Yeah, and right. I'm t- yeah, no, for sure, right? I'm there. I've never every met my day. landlord. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But, Call but the bullshit. Truth, yeah, I mean, here's the thing: landlords are human beings like everybody else, and they have 24 hours in a day. And so, in fact, the last case I tried had a similar issue in front of a jury, and uh, I had a little anxiety about it because the landlord was like. Maybe a fifty-year-old guy, but really good-looking, really like if if you put were together, like, just if you looked up like upstanding American male. That was him. in the encyclopedia. Or that was his Google, full name. It would there would there would be no words. It would just be his picture. Wow. And he also was like well-spoken and just. Seemed Are we talking really, about like George Clooney? Because like this is who I'm thinking. Not this is who quite I'm picturing. as handsome as George Clooney. Like I want to meet this. But la- now we know what your landlord. type is. <laughs> I, Salt and pepper, good upstanding American man who manages property. <laughs> I think George Clooney is many, many people's type. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Explains his commercial uh, success. But anyway, it, it was the same thing. He was right. like, I'm You would there, never suspect. I'm there all the time. I know exactly. And it wasn't there, right? Which, like, little branching off, like, the... I'm sure the psychology of how people look also plays into their cases. Like, I don't know if I'm, you know, saying if I'm, if I sound crazy or not, but I'm a real geek and I love um, psychology magazines. And there was one article about how um, 
people perceive beautiful people uh, to be more truthful than homely or looking people. So maybe this was a factor. Yeah, like this you is... see this good looking man and you're like, yeah. oh, I assume only the best because of how you look, which is like not always true. It's, but... No, it's true. And it's bad news for, for me because I have a face for radio and a voice for print. But oh, just because these, just because there are these harsh realities doesn't mean we shouldn't be mindful of them. And you're 100% correct. And it's actually worse than that. Not only do people respond positively and ascribe like benign motives to attractive, more attractive people, right? They ascribe negative, uh, you know, all of the the seven deadly sins and right. like to people who are less attractive, right? So not only is it that super Terrible. attractive people are ahead of the game in front of a jury, oh, it's they're more likely going to say you're a scumbag if you're not attractive, which wow. is totally not fair and. I just read a study that said if you literally you can literally if the sample size is large enough what I'm I'm just like I'm amazed right now. I'm like really listening. Okay. So <laughs> no you you were just giving me a face and I'm like did I I don't know what's going on with my I face. Did I start speaking Chinese all of a sudden? What is he saying? <laughs> I'm just sitting no, here in suspense. You, it, it's literally if you arranged a stack of photographs in order of most attractive to least attractive of employed people, it literally correlates with their income. What? Which is crazy because you know what? Oh Pretty does not equate to talent or skill or dedication. Right. That's what so my mom totally tells me every day fair. about me, you know? I remember. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awful. No, it really is. It sucks. So did this so, guy walk? Did, did the landlord win? No, we won. We won. Because I was able to yeah, cross-examine him. You were like, I get you're, you're pretty, but I ain't no fool. Grr. Mm. Um, no, I was able to establish for him, uh, with him in front of the jury, that he has a full-time job and that he lives like 90 minutes one way from the property. And you know what I mean, like to establish oh, that he's a busy guy. And right, he, there's no way that he he's owns be there other all day. properties. He manages Sorry, all of them. Right, it made him look like I was able to get the jury to understand that that right. it's probably not true. Right, right. Like let's so, let's look at the facts. So I mean, I don't want to like beat a dead horse, but a lot of times, like I've had a lot of cases where people fall downstairs in an apartment building and they're like friends with their neighbors. Um, and I'm like, look, this is simple. All we got to do it. Like you're the one who got hurt. The jury is going to say the guy who got hurt is going to say whatever he has to, to make money. Totally. Now in my case, if my client ever lies or lies to me, I fire them. Like I only, I, to me, my integrity is more important than a case. Right. So none of my clients are ever going to lie. And if they lie to me, forget it. I'm out. But my point is, like, when we have to prove that the that the condition was there long enough that the landlord should have known about it right. or that he did know about it, I will often tell people, hey, why don't we get your neighbors together? You've got friends in the house. Oh, that's you've smart. Got, right. You, well, you've got friends who right. visited you. It is witness, a, like witnesses. Yeah, oh, say, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, that's right. I, I first noticed it like a year and a half before you fell when we came back to your place after the party or whatever right. it is, right? Yeah. And I noticed the stair was loose. Oh. Whatever, you know, like- That's good to know. See, I don't like, know. I, I would never think of that. Yeah, those kinds of witnesses are worth their weight in gold, but it is amazing to me 
how people's friends won't be witnesses for them. What? Shocking. Clearly, they're not friends because right. really? <laughs> we must have different definitions of what a friend is. Right. So my point is like, it, it's absolutely not the case that you can just go into court and say, well, landlord, was it your property? Yes. Sir, did you fall? Yes. Judgment for the plaintiff. That That's not it at all. Like there's six things you have to prove in most premises liability cases, and they're not easy to prove. And the insurance company is going to do everything in its power to defeat your case. Of course, because that's, that's a lot of money. Well, being a renter, you know, being on the renter side of things, do will they ask, um, well, did you put in a maintenance request for this? Yeah, that's huge. They right. always ask that. So what if, you know, you did and they didn't do anything about it? So then they're, or, or they, or you did put a maintenance, because this has happened to me before, I've put in maintenance requests and they've fixed it, but it just, just due to the poor building conditions, it, it, it just needs to continue to be fixed. Like, what right. about that? Right. Yeah, no, no, that's huge. So different, um, the more established and large the rental company is or the landlord is, the more systematized their system of collecting complaints is, right? Mm -hmm. So most landlords are like, they're going to say, well, there's no official process, but I tell the tenants to call me if there's a problem. Well, did they call you? No, they never called me. So then it becomes a, a situation where mm, it's said, not computerized. Exactly. It's not computerized. It's not in writing. So anyone could have said anything. We say we complained. Right. They say we didn't, right? Right. But then when it's a computerized system, the thing you have to remember about a computerized system is the landlord is the one who controls the computer. Mm, right. So if I'll make it simple. If I get to control the computer – the data on the computer is going to say whatever I want it to say, right? Do you think people actually would do that? Hundred really? percent. I had a yeah, I had a case um, where it was actually a bank. A lady got hurt on the premises of a bank, and they switched their um, their maintenance like their maintenance program. So all they could do was give me like a spreadsheet. And oh, here's the problem with the spreadsheet. That's ridiculous. You, you can right-click on a row in a spreadsheet, click delete, and things are deleted, right? So I'm always very suspicious of it. Mm -hmm. And there was like not an entry when another person had been injured on the property. So it, I, I, I'm very suspicious. You have to be a detective. You have to, you have to almost not believe – Everything that you see, you have to be like, nope, that's not good enough. That doesn't make sense. There's something missing. Yeah. And you got to think a little bit outside of the box, right? The easiest right. thing to do is, well, their system doesn't show a complaint. Well, come on, man. Really? Like they like their money. They want to keep their money. Right. They're mad at you that you're suing them. But they're not the one who has to walk around with an arthritic ankle for the rest of their life. Uh, right. Or exactly. Or a messed up shoulder or whatever it is, right? Yeah. They go back to taking customers' money, you know, 15 seconds after you hurt yourself, right? So they just don't care. I mean, they're not all that way. I, I should say there are many defense attorneys who are fantastic. Right. There are many defendants who are super honest, and God bless them. But you cannot assume that that's what you're dealing with. And if, if they decide to defend a case, you the only limitations to what your opponent will do are the limitations of 
their morality and the the morality of a defense attorney or an insurance company or an insured vary as much as any other human being, right? I bet you find out a lot about people through doing these cases and seeing what they, like you just said, it's like what they will and what they won't do. I think that says a lot about somebody. When I was a new lawyer, um, there was a study that came out that said that injured people um, end up with, I think, 50% more recovery or two-thirds more recovery or something like that by using a lawyer than not using a lawyer. I can believe that. And the you know the attending article that I read it in was like, if you don't have a lawyer, you really have very little chance. And when I was a new lawyer, I was a little suspicious of that. I thought to myself like, eh, that sounds like lawyer advertising. Like, if you're a smart person and it's a simple case, right. do you really need a lawyer? Right. And I'm going to tell you, man, I've been doing this for a long time now. I am now at the point where I'm going to say it almost doesn't matter how smart you are or how simple your case really? is. You know, consultations are free. You know, almost every injury lawyer gives a free consultation. Mm-hmm. I give a pretty detailed consultation. And I'm free with opinion and, and um, you know, my estimation of a case. But at a minimum, you should talk to a lawyer. And they'll tell you if they're a good one, they'll spend a few minutes with you. Right. But especially if you're going to proceed on the case, if one of my – if I – let's say I won the lottery or whatever. I stopped being a lawyer. Sure. Or let's say I got sick and I couldn't be a lawyer anymore. Okay. If somebody in my family got hurt and they wanted to do the case themselves, I would tell them, you are out of your cotton-picking mind. You need to get a lawyer because the, the analogy I use is like if you took a boxing class once, you don't get in the ring and fight Mike Tyson. Yes. Because you could be in great shape. And you might know the basics. You don't know the technique, right? But you don't, you do not know all the ins and outs. Sure. You're not going to go play one-on-one basketball with Kobe Bryant. No. Right? Well, I play basketball on the weekends with my friends at the Y, bro. Doesn't count. You can play for fun, but don't put money on that game, right? Right. It is the same thing. Insurance companies are literally multi-billion dollar industries. And they make their money in a very simple way. Here's the model. You give me premiums, I don't pay anything out if I can avoid it. That's how they make their profit, right? Jeez. And and the thing is, like, it's very simple, but we often don't think of insurance companies in those terms. Like, literally, that's how they make their money. Right. We pay them money in premiums, but they don't want to pay out claims. <laughs> then they invest, like, billions of dollars God, and get true. the profit, too, so... It's not, you know, a lot of people are like, well, if I just call my insurance company, they'll be fair. I'm like, like, who's on your side? You know, it's like, who do you, who do you call? You're, you're, look, (laughs) I sense the, I sense the beginnings of a jingle. (laughs) Um, Here we go. That's what happens when you get a singer in the house. Um, No, I mean, it's like, uh, here's who you can count on. You, your family, the people who love you, and hopefully you hire a lawyer who's a straight Worth shooter. Worth salt. Right. Yeah. And that's it, man. Like, it's funny. I, I have a, a little car accident case in, in the uh, 
in the office that I signed up and I signed it up and the guy was like really hesitant. He's like, Oh, you know, I really don't want to hire a lawyer. I feel like I could do it myself. And I'm like, well, it's completely up to you. I think it's a bad idea, but if that's the way you want to do it, knock yourself out. So he hired me and we got all his bills together and got all of his medical records together, sent it to the insurance company. And he calls me up and says, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want you to handle my case. <gasps> and I'm like, what do you do? I'm like, look, Jose, look, I spent like $300. I advanced $300 in case costs to pay the hospital to send me your hospital he records. He can't do that. He like to, Right. I mean, I advance case costs for clients to put their case together. Right. And I'm like, look, so we did all the work. We identified who the driver was, right. found out who the insurance company was, made the demand. It's in your best interest to just wait you it out. You can't. Right. Right. Like, that's kind of not fair to me. But no. if you want to fire. kind of a dick move, Jose. Yeah, but, you know, the truth <laughs> is if somebody doesn't want me to be their lawyer, then I don't want to be their lawyer. Right. It, you know, That's I want sticky. them to be happy. Yeah. And there's plenty of fish in the sea, right? Right. So I told him, look, here's the deal. My office has done a lot of work, and I got, I'm $300 out of pocket in advance case costs to get your medical records. So, okay, I'm going to send you a letter saying <laughs> I understand you've discharged me, um, but I'm going to maintain my lien on the file to get my 300 bucks back. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Two days later, he calls the office back and says he wants to hire us again. My secretary talks oh to him, and it turns out that the minute he got off the phone with us, he called up the insurance company, tried to settle his case, and they told him to go jump in the river. Oh, my they God. They would offer him zero. And, and then wow. after they offered him zero, he called us back. And uh, it looks like we're getting them an offer. So, wow. I mean, my point is, I'm in this to help people, and I'm I I want nice relationships with my clients. So, if somebody doesn't like right. me, it's not a good fit. Right. Adios, muchacho. But I bend over backwards to try and be cool to people. Yeah. Um. I don't know what else to say about fall down cases. That's just wow. I this was really helpful because I don't I don't know the first thing. I remember my first um kind of makes I was while you were talking about it, I was thinking back to when I fell down a flight of stairs. It makes me think, oh I should I should have sued. <laughs> I uh I was at school, was it two years ago? And uh I was late for a meeting. It was really early in the morning and I had all the, I had my backpack, I, I had my unicycle, no joke, and a cup of coffee in my hands. Musket. And my musket. And then I had my bow on my back. On the other shoulder. Right. Just like every With morning. roller skates on. And yeah. I was like, ah, gotta get to my meeting. And I slipped and fell and I would have been fine, except it, it was comical. My coffee spilled naturally as I was falling down the stairs and I continued to fall when I slipped on my coffee. So then I sprained my ankle. Ouch. Yeah. But like thinking back to that, do you think that like that that sounds so funny? Like I don't would anyone ever take that seriously? Like, oh I well then I slipped on my coffee and then so now you owe me is that crazy? Yeah, no, here's the deal though. Like whenever you're talking about an injury case, and this is certainly true with a fall down case, mm -hmm. just because you fall on a staircase or on property doesn't mean the owner of the property owes you anything, right? Right. There's got to be something wrong with the stairs. So let me give you some examples. Right. Um, in one case we're handling right now, um, 
the stair part is the part where you put your foot, right? right? And the pieces between each stair are called risers, right? Okay, yeah. And so most building codes say that the riser height has to be uniform. So in other words, step number one can't be 10 inches above the ground, and then the next step is 15 inches, and then the next one's four inches. Psych. Right. It, it, that's exactly right. Right. So it's because when people are going up and down stairs- sounds like a terrible museum yeah, of but, stairs. Yeah, right, right. No, but uh, it's funny. You said psych to suggest the idea that it's going to surprise people because people have an expectation right. that the stairs are going to be uniform, right? Right. So we, I represent somebody where the, the stairs, the riser height is completely off and she fell, right? So it's they so, like sue the architecture of that building so then? There's a, so there's a reason why we sue. Be- in other words, there's a reason we can point to to say what's wrong right. with the stairs. So here's another one. Landlord takes uh, like that green plastic grass stuff, like, yeah. almost like AstroTurf. Yes. yeah. And just like paints his stairs with glue and puts that green stuff on the stairs. That's, you'll slip on that, right? Worse than that, where the stair meets the riser, the it was tearing. <gasps> and then it would sag and... While you're going down the stairs, your foot will get caught oh in the my carpet. God. Oh. So you see my point. Like, yeah, so I mean, really I, dumb. I know that there are lawyers out there that say, if you got hurt, we'll sign you up. What happens then is they evaluate the case more closely. And then a month or two later, you get a letter from them saying they're dropping your case. I'm not that guy. I would rather have. Why would they do that, though? Because um, it's because too much work? No, because they want everybody who gets injured for any reason to sign up with them. So they're casting a wide net. Yes, they're casting a wide net, and they, they'd rather sign up 100 cases, even if only 25 of them are good. So they can say, this is how many we get We're every year. We're the biggest year. blah, blah, but blah, But that blah, doesn't blah. necessarily mean they actually take the case. Yeah, they're just saying that. and I don't that. like to do that because I think there's something a little bit I'm not going to say it's dishonest, but it's like I'll say it. shades That's of shady. dishonest that you're suggesting to somebody who got hurt real bad right. that you're going to get them money and help them with their medical bills. And then turn her. It's a bait and switch. That's not cool. Kind of. I would rather have people say, like, here's my case. Can you help me? And if it's a yes, then great. And if it's a no, right. then I'll tell them why and they'll understand why. Right. right. But, you know, plenty. Well, that's what the consultation's for, right? That's when you say, I think this is legit. Right. I think you get some money out of this. Yeah. And God knows I sign up some really tough cases. Really? I am not afraid. What's like one of your toughest fall down cases? I am not afraid cases. of tough cases. Uh, <sighs> I'm really careful with fall down cases. But, for example, a really tough case that many attorneys would turn their nose up is is a he said, she said red light case. So you're going east, I'm going west, you say you had the turn arrow, my guy says he had the solid green. And there's not always cameras at the stoplights. Not cameras and not witnesses, right? So it it is sometimes tough. And most attorneys say on a 50-50 case, I am not going to work on your case for two years for free, not knowing whether I'm ever going to get paid. Sure. But I'll take cases like that. If it's, you know, if the person's wow. nice and they're cool. That's that's pretty generous. Well, why why can't you tap into a, like, 
I watch a lot of TV. And there was an episode of a crime show that they tapped into the, like, the history of the stoplight, like, the pattern. Like, is that possible or is that just TV? <laughs> no, no, it's it's actually, I, I've had cases where the, the traffic light timing does become an issue, right? So right. all of those lights are programmed for, you know, eastbound, whatever, right. has a 30-second green, then it is, you know yellow for seven seconds then red for a minute and a half like right. you can get all that stuff you say like wouldn't that help, like ex- help your it, case you know exponentially? it could it could depending on the case but often not wow an eyewitness who isn't involved in the case is fantastic right so you got somebody at the bus stop who says right. oh no that light was dead green right and the other thing is when i get a witness like that who goes the other way I call up my client and say, look, it's two against one now, and we're just right. not going to be able to do it. That's that's rough. Yeah. Well, And how do you get those people to come in and testify? It's like, what's what's their motivation for coming in and saying, you know. Very rare. You know what I mean? Like, they what don't if I. Do it. They don't right. Because do right. I wouldn't want to do it. I'm like, what am I supposed to. I'm going to waste time in court. I mean, that sounds selfish, but it's like, if I saw an accident happen. It's, it's funny. It's it, the more serious the injury, the more likely people are willing to do it. Interesting. So if it's a giant crash. And somebody's like, really, yeah. like there's an ambulance. They're like, oh my gosh, I have to make sure the right thing gets done yeah. here, right? Right. So, understandably so. Anyway, we should probably wrap it up. Man, this is heavy. You know, we can actually stop recording and you can still talk. I'll <laughs> <to you. laughs> thanks, because no one listens to me. <laughs> um, anyway, well, thanks, folks, for listening. I hope some of that information is helpful. Uh, Amelia, you got anything? Oh, yeah, I had one last question. So yeah, do you think ahead. I would have won my case? Could we have proved that, like, coffee being spilled on the staircase? Because they were marble stairs. I hate marble stairs. They're, and with, it's like with the coffee dumbest... on top of the marble, do you think you could prove? Nah, I mean, probably not. Because you spilled it, right? Well, I only spilled it because I was falling. Yeah, but why did you fall? Because I was running down the steps. Uh-huh. <laughs> This is, this is my consultation. I'm <laughs> not going to make any money off them. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next time. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I truly hope that the information in the podcast helps you no matter the situation you find yourself in. But you might need more answers or some more direct help. So there are three ways for you easily to find out more and to get help. If you call my toll-free 24-hour helpline, 888-HURT-318, you'll have a couple of options. 888-HURT-318 is my toll-free 24-hour telephone line. You can call that number and speak with my team night or day. First, you can call 888-HURT-318 and you can speak to me for a free consultation about your case or situation. That's always free and no obligation. Second, you can tell the operator that you'd like a free copy of my injury DVD and book. I created the DVD and book and I give it away for free to injured people who need answers but who might not be ready to talk to a lawyer yet. Same deal, 100% free, 100% no obligation. Third and finally, you can check out my YouTube channel for informative videos about the injury case and claims process, or check out my other podcasts for more information and interesting interviews with people who know different things about various aspects of the law. I've put all of this together to help you and to answer your questions. Now, you can also help me, and I hope that you will. 
If you enjoyed the podcast and if it helped you at all, please subscribe. And if you can, take a minute and please post a positive review of the show. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And if you know anyone who might enjoy the podcast, please spread the word and share it on Facebook. It's my mission to spread good information to as many people as possible. And your liking and reviewing and subscribing to the podcast helps me get the word out. Thanks again. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It doesn't substitute for consulting with a lawyer. If you have a case, speak with a lawyer right away.